Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation for today will focus on hedge fund investing, including how to think about incorporating hedge funds into a diversified investment portfolio and the risks to be mindful of, among other points of interest that we'll cover on today's segment. So joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome back from the UBS Chief Investment Office, Dan Scansaroli. Dan is the head of portfolio strategy and UBS Wealthway Solutions Americas. Glad to be joined as well by Sean Sanborn, Portfolio Solutions Analyst for the Americas. And our conversation will tie right into the recent asset allocation guide specific to hedge funds released by the UBS Chief Investment Office, which is now available for you up on UBS.com slash CIO. Though with that, Dan, Sean, thank you both for spending some time with our listeners, our clients. Looking forward to the conversation. Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having us, Dan. So with that, maybe we can begin with the basics for our listeners, our clients, a hedge funds 101, so to speak. So, Sean, can you speak a bit to what hedge funds are and what kinds of strategies investors can participate in? Of course, Dan, and thank you for having me today. In its simplest form, a hedge fund is what we describe as a pooled investment vehicle of limited partners that can engage in more complex and differentiated investment techniques than traditional investments, and this is kind of given their lower lower regulatory burden and broader investment mandates when compared to these other passive investments. This includes the ability to short assets, access to leverage and derivatives, and the ability to trade in more markets and asset classes. This gives hedge funds a key benefit within investor portfolios of accessing hard-to-capture market risk premiums and idiosyncratic returns that are not available within passive investments. This creates a more overall kind of diversified return stream when looking at the overall portfolio. In addition, as hedge funds have the ability to express trades in a more beta-neutral way, hedge funds can give investors access to positive absolute returns that are less exposed to the direction of markets. The final character- characteristic is highly prescient in this current environment where we see the path for equities and bonds setting into the second half of 2023 being very muddied and unclear. Talking to the specific hedge fund universe, the broad mandate available to managers has led to thousands of various varying hedge fund strategies, but these can largely be grouped into four or five main strategies, which we characterize as equity long short, event driven, macro, relative value, and then finally multi strategies, which package all forms of those first four hedge fund strategies together to capture a wide breadth of hedge fund return streams. Quickly touching on these other four, equity long short, which is the, the largest main hedge fund strategy by assets consists of managers investing in single name equities with a bottom up view, taking long positions in underpriced stocks and short positions in overpriced stocks. On the event driven side, these are managers that invest in both equity and debt instruments. They aim to take advantage of changes in the company's legal or capital structure. The most well-known event driven strategy is merger arbitrage, where following an acquisition by one firm for another, managers will take a long position in the firm be acquired and a short position in the acquire to capture the spread between the announced acquisition price and the current price of the target company's stock. Other more recognized event-driven strategies consist of activism and credit arbitrage. Macro managers will invest across all asset classes, largely within equities, bonds, commodities, and currencies, typically expressing this at the index level. They invest with a top-down investment view looking to capitalize on macroeconomic trends. These strategies tend to be more on the directional side, but will still have a strong focus on limiting losses and getting out of trade. Uh, trades when trends reverse. 
Finally, there are relative value strategies that take advantage of price discrepancies across related financial instruments that should naturally revert over time. These strategies are generally not exposed to market directionality, and the more well-known RV strategies consist of fixed income arbitrage, convertible arbitrage, and finally, equity market neutral. Okay, so it sounds like there's different strategies out there that serve different purposes. So thank you, Sean, for outlining those five for us. You did mention conventional investments, thinking about stocks and bonds. How do hedge funds typically perform relative to these types of conventional investments, Sean? That's a great question. I think when looking at hedge fund performance, returns tend to be between equities and bonds, but the key differentiator is a more efficient use of risk. Since 1998, hedge funds in aggregate measured by the HFRI fund-weighted composite, has an annualized return of 6.1% with annualized risk of 6.9%. This compares strongly to global equities, which have a return similar to hedge funds over that time period, but with annualized risk of 16%. So for basically every unit of risk, hedge funds have returned about 0.9, whereas global equities have returned 0.3 to 0.4. This return stream is also generally uncorrelated with equities and bonds, with a median manager within the HFRI fund-weighted composite, which consists of over 7,500 managers, having a correlation below 0.5 to global equities and a correlation below 0.3 to U.S. bonds. This is also highly idiosyncratic, where 22% of the median manager's risk contribution comes from global equity data, while that remaining 78%, that the part that we kind of view as the hedge fund's bread and butter, comes from alpha and alternative risk premiums. Additionally, hedge funds tend to have asymmetric return cap- capture characteristics. When looking at the past 25 years, hedge funds have captured roughly 46% of the global equity upside with only 31% of the global equity downside. This is a crucial characteristic when equities go into drawdowns. A client with a hedge fund allocation compared to one without a hedge fund allocation will most likely have a lower max drawdown and re-reach high watermark quicker following the drawdown, leading to faster rates of compounding. Finally, it should be noted that dispersion is high both across and within major hedge fund strategies. Since 2013, the annualized difference in return between the 76th percentile and 25th percentile managers within the same strategy ranges between 4 to 6 percent, with the difference in annualized volatility ranging between 5 and 9 percent. So while even exposure to the median hedge fund manager does provide strong uncorrelated return streams, strong relative downside protection and better risk-adjusted returns. Manager selection and diversification is crucial when building a hedge fund allocation. Well, thank you, Sean. And that's a good segue to really emphasize the importance of portfolio diversification, especially during down periods. So, Dan Scanzaroli, to welcome you into the conversation, just in consideration of the current market environment, how conditions might evolve for markets as we move towards the second half of 2023, what would you say, Dan, is the case for investing in hedge funds? Why is an allocation one that makes sense? Well, to understand why the current environment is one that's attractive for hedge funds, I want to start with the environment of the previous 10 years. Now, up until last last year, the environment of the previous 10 years was one that was much more challenging for hedge funds because generally we were in a low volatility, low dispersion, and falling rate environment that poses headwinds for hedge fund managers to find and seize upon relative value and carry opportunities, which is the bed and butter of why you're putting them into your portfolio. Uh, as an example, we saw meme and bank stocks lead strong movements as rates fell in the equity markets. 
with the S&P returning on average for that 10-year period previous to last year of 15% annualized. I mean, markets were generally, you know, advancing at a very strong pace. Additionally, many countries around the world had negative rates, while rates fell to zero in the U.S. And this made it challenging to capture differentiated carry and trend opportunities in the macro landscape. So in short, the worst market environment for hedge funds is when markets are strongly trending up or down and there's little dispersion, which is the environment that we were in. The reason we're constructive on hedge funds in the current environment is because these trends of the last decade have reversed. Last year, we saw a shift to a new normal with the rise in rates. We are now seeing elevated volatility and dispersion among winners and losers in the equity market, a shift in global trends, and varying carry and credit opportunities and fixed income. The expansion in that opportunity set has translated into hedge fund strategies generally outperforming both equities and bonds, which simultaneously experienced double-digit losses last year. Macro strategies in particular last year delivered about 9% positive returns, according to the hedge fund research index. Um, and so in our current environment, as the Federal Reserve continues to manage inflation, we expect to see a continued economic slowdown with earnings in the U.S. declining by around 4.5%. And when markets experience elevated volatility and are range-bound or modestly down, it has historically been the ideal environment for hedge fund performance. For example, historically when volatility as measured by the VIX index is above 20%, hedge funds have delivered an average annual return of 8.7% outperforming global equities, which in that environment have generally produced an average return of 4%. This is a reversal from the typical trend, which is what, as Sean mentioned, hedge funds have marginally underperformed on average uh, equities during when volatility is low. You know, the average hedge fund return when volatility is below 20%, about five, a little more than 5%, while the annual return on equities has been more around 7% over the long term. Additionally, we also find that hedge funds gen tend to generate positive returns when equities are range-bound. This would be environments where 12-month equity returns are between plus or minus 10%. We're not seeing really strong momentum, which is a, which is a, a tide that lifts all equities or or brings them all down. When equity markets produce returns above that 10% in any year, many hedge funds tend to struggle to keep up with the equity market, but do tend to produce attractive risk-adjusted returns. So they still have benefit in the portfolio, but they're not going to keep up. Furthermore, in the current environment, there's a heightened risk of that economic hard landing as the Fed has continued to tighten, even if it, we were expecting them to hold for the remainder of this year. And even though it's not our base case that we'll have a hard landing, in environments when equities fall more than 10%, we have seen that hedge funds offer strong diversification benefits to do what they do best, which is manage downside risk. But, we, but they can still get caught up in market contagion and experience a loss as they're seeking to, to, to outperform the market. They do outperform when we look at the data historically, when equities have a 12 month loss of 15 to 25%, when you're in that bear market territory, um, hedge funds have been flat 
to down 5% because of that strong risk management and hedging strategies, uh, you know, mindset of those portfolio managers. So in summary, if we see range down and down markets, we expect hedge funds to offer significant diversification benefits to a portfolio to mitigate risk and generate outsized returns. We currently actually have a preference uh, as we look at the evolution of a sideways to down equity market um, where we like low net, long short equity managers. We like macro managers. We prefer multi-strategy managers, all because we see those types of strategies as best positioned to navigate the environment since they tend to be nimble and limit exposure to broad market trends. So they, they get less caught up in in any downside that may occur. So, Dan, as you outlined for us, hedge funds clearly have a role to play in a diversified investment portfolio. Maybe with that, we can speak a bit about portfolio construction, how to approach this, a mix of conventional alternative investments. In the case of today, we are speaking about hedge funds. So as far as approach, how can one go about incorporating hedge funds into a diversified investment portfolio? Well, first and foremost, I can't stress enough how each hedge fund manager comes with a unique mix of investments and risks that creates a more heterogeneous experience than active managers in public equities or fixed income markets. And that's why due diligence is so critical in terms of as you're doing your managed selection, you know, because this results in a wide dispersion of hedge fund returns, even if they're playing in the broad, the same types of broad strategies. Yeah, and as we look to do the due diligence, we need to understand what types of leverage, the complexity of the strategies that these managers are taking. Very important is the risk controls and and uh, and how they are funding the, any forms of leverage in terms of margin calls and risk, and the talent that each individual hedge fund manager brings to actually capture those opportunities and manage those risks. It's also important to understand the redemption schedules and any lockup periods or gates that may affect liquidity from a quarter to quarter basis um, as, as you, as you, uh, as you may want to submit redemptions um, and be, you know, and manage your portfolio. As you look to build out a hedge fund portfolio, it's important though to diversify across various strategies. The ones that, that Sean mentioned in general, there were five main strategies there, but as we, as we diversify across those strategies, we want to tailor to your risk and return objectives within your portfolios. Remember, hedge funds are a complement to the rest of your portfolio that we see as critical as the new normal has evolved with higher correlation between stocks and bonds. Uh, certain macro and relative value strategies, for example, can be more defensive and diversifying when you add them to your portfolio. While some long-short equity and event-driven strategies can offer more of a growth orientation. So as investors look to combine those hedge fund managers and build out their portfolios, the key is to understand and constrain the exposure to broad market trends, something which we refer to as market beta. You know, how much of the market are you actually capturing? Since you can obviously get those market betas more cheaply um, in the public market part of your portfolio in equities and bonds. Uh, the primary value proposition for hedge funds is in evaluating and targeting a diversified mix of those alternative risk premiums and manager-specific alpha, those that is hard to access in the rest of your portfolio 
and it enables the capture of uncorrelated return streams that over the long term we expect to generate a premium in the market. On average, a single hedge fund tends to come with a high level of idiosyncratic return drivers and high mid to single digit volatility, which is why we want to diversify across multiple strategies to capture evolving premiums in different market environments, but also reduce manager concentration risk. One advantage of the high idiosyncratic returns that many hedge funds provide is that thoughtful combinations of different managers and strategies result in a very strong volatility reduction of about 50 to 70% for a hedge fund portfolio relative to a single hedge fund manager. However, one challenge why we need to be so thoughtful is when we combine hedge funds, those idiosyncratic risks that we want, that's the whole reason why we're investing in them, they can get diversified away if we over-diversify, resulting in even more market exposure than what would be desired. And so the key is not to over-diversify and therefore design a portfolio that balances beta exposures with total volatility while managing a large driver of returns generated from alpha and uncorrelated return premiums. When we look at the data, when we run through thousands of different hedge fund combinations to understand what that optimal mix looks like, we find that a thoughtful allocation to 8 to 12 fund managers generally creates the most efficient hedge fund allocation where you maximize your return per unit of risk while capturing high levels of unique return drivers and keeping that sensitivity to equity, credit, and commodity markets fairly low for this piece of your portfolio. So it sounds like it's very important to know what you own. Sean, as Dan pointed out, there's a lot of importance surrounding due diligence when it comes to manager selection. Maybe running with that, with all types of investing, of course, comes risk. Broadly speaking, Sean, what would you identify as being the risks associated with hedge fund investing? From a broad perspective, you know, hedge fund risk can be characterized as investment risk, liquidity risk, operational risk, and business risk. And, you know, within investment risk, you know, these main risks include the possibility of losing some of all of your investment, obviously, which, you know, can pertain to really basically every investment you can get out of the market. But within hedge funds, you know, this can very much be um, exacerbated by the use of leverage, you know, which can, you know, create additional volatility as well within the portfolio. But additionally, you know, investment risk comes with style drift where managers trades from their stated investment goals or mandates, as well as overall kind of market risk. You know, and quickly on that last point, it should be noted that while the vast majority of hedge funds are, are much less exposed to directional market moves, they are still susceptible to losses during sustained market, during sustained market down moves. Liquidity is also a huge risk within hedge funds, both in how clients' capital is locked up, but also when it is redeemed. So sometimes, you know, within hedge funds, one of the issues, um, you know, is this locking up of capital. Obviously, it's it's less than, you know, some other private or not private, other uh, alternative asset classes. But, you know, you can still have months to quarters where you're only allowed to redeem your capital as well as at some point this may only be a portion of, of your overall kind of um, capital with a fund. But this can also lead to, when there are large-scale redemptions, there can lead to some form of liquidity mismatch within hedge fund portfolios as managers sell, you know, their most liquid holdings to meet redemptions, um, leading to an overall kind of a liquid remaining portfolio and creating some form of potential liquid left left tail. Finally, specific to operational and business risk, 
There are exogenous factors such as losing access to financing and overall kind of capital and AUM-based stability. Key-man risk where the success of the fund is largely predicated on the performance of the select few individuals. The potential for frauds. Headline risk where negative press on one fund tends to hurt the industry as a whole. Um, and we saw a lot of this kind of within the, the, the meme stock craze where um, managers were kind of basically increasing their over or, or um, increasing their fees or some port, you know, keeping performance fees as opposed to locking down their losses. And, you know, you saw kind of some wide scale redemptions from some larger managers. And lastly, the complexity and opaqueness of strategies where it may be difficult to obtain and understand the underlying risks factors associated with the strategy. Sean, thank you for hitting on those risks. Just thinking back through our conversation today, a lot for our clients to think about and take away before we close out. Dan, is there anything in particular you would like to reinforce or provide in the way of final thoughts or takeaways for our listeners and their clients? Yeah, Dan. I mean, because of the diversification benefits of an uncorrelated return stream coupled with the potential to generate more efficient return per unit of risk than in equities, when we look at the addition of hedge funds to a portfolio, we find it can raise returns and lower volatility when applied thoughtfully. And clearly, as investors look to move into hedge funds, another key decision is how much to add to a portfolio. Too little and the benefits of the hedge funds clearly won't move the needle in the asset allocation and too much, and it may pose a liquidity or concentration risk, which can impact your ability to achieve your wealth objectives. So generally, when adding uh, hedge funds, we recommend for those who are able to tolerate it and can align it to their, to their goals, uh, we recommend adding 10 to 20% to hedge funds in a diversified portfolio. Um, while tailoring it, as I mentioned before, on whether you want to be more defensive, more absolute return, or more growth-oriented with that hedge fund allocation. And this can reduce volatility anywhere from you know, 0.4% to 0.7% for your overall portfolio, while increasing return, in our estimate, anywhere from 0.3% to 0.5%. Um, and for those considering hedge funds as part of their investment strategy, we strongly recommend consulting your financial advisor to evaluate the suitability of these strategies since they can be complex in nature and to tailor the right amount relative to your personal situation and objectives. Well, Dan and Sean, thank you both for dropping by top of the morning for what was an educational and actionable conversation to underscore the point Dan made for clients listening in. Do, of course, encourage you. The conversation continues. Please reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you do have any follow-up questions based on what you've heard today from Dan Scanceroli and Sean Samborn. Again, I will point everyone as well to the hedge funds asset allocation note from the UBS chief investment offices available now up on UBS.com slash CIO. Of course, for clients of UBS, you can reach out to your UBS financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy directly, though, for today. Again, we have been joined by Dan Scanceroli, head of portfolio strategy and UBS Wealthway Solutions Americas, as well as Sean Samborn, portfolio Solutions Analyst Americas, both from the UBS Chief Investment Office. Dan, Sean, thank you again. Appreciate your time today. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dan. And from UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.
Investing in an alternative investment fund is speculative and involves significant risks. For a discussion on these risks, please visit UBS.com slash CIO dash disclaimer dash NTA. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.